Okay, night number five in the Stanley Cup playoffs already in the books. And night number one of the North Division section of the playoffs now in the books. It's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert with you. The Winnipeg Jets behind birthday boy Connor Hellebuck snatched a 4-1 victory from the Edmonton Oilers to start things off in the All-Canadian Division. Three other games, including one going on right now. I did feel comfortable enough to lock in a Game 2 victory for the Colorado Avalanche at the second intermission. And if by chance the St. Louis Blues do come back to win, I guess I'll have to be re-recording. That seems like a miracle, even with Sammy Blay getting that second or the first goal for the St. Louis Blues late in the second period. Small gamble, one that I'm willing to take because the Colorado Avalanche have been as advertised. Elsewhere, the Carolina Hurricanes go up 2 to nothing on the Nashville Predators, the Predators and the Boston Bruins take a 2-1 series lead over the Washington Capitals after another overtime victory. But we begin in the North, and uh, the North Division where the Oilers were reintroduced to that unforgiving postseason wall. But I think the thing that was most shocking or discouraging or whatever when you, take, when you just take away your main takeaway from this game, the atmosphere or lack thereof, uh, a little depressing. I cannot lie. There's no reason to expect anything different. Obviously, we knew there was not going to be fans in the stands. But after watching four nights of this intense playoff hockey with fans back in the seats, it did feel the Jets and Oilers a little lesser than when compared to everything else that we've seen. It didn't help that it wasn't an overly high event or wide open game. Uh, but if we're being honest, it was probably mostly because of the lack of fans. And I don't want to fast forward to a potential game six in Montreal, but even 2,500 spectators, it seems, would have made a difference. That's at least something, and it really does need something because it is hard to differentiate that game from all the other games, the 56 games we saw from all the Canadian teams that were played in empty buildings. Um, to the game, though. Uh, and the series that seems as though the Jets are trying to win in the mud, or at least they're trying to create as much variance in, as possible by reducing, you know, the amount of events, I guess, that are in the game. Uh, it feels like the Jets have almost used the last six weeks just to prepare for the Oilers. We saw this transition from an exciting brand of hockey to an extremely low event brand of hockey, and it didn't look good on the Jets, who for six weeks... Uh, just struggled and stumbled in the postseason, almost gave up the third seed that they probably thought they had sewed up with this meeting with the Oilers. Um. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. But I think they view this as the only way to even the playing field in the series because they just don't have the firepower. They do have great offensive players, but they don't have McDavid and Dreisaitl. 
And if you can limit the looks as they did from McDavid and Dreisaitl, maybe you stand to have a better chance. I guess that's the benefit of knowing who you're going to play, where you stand, your limitations, and, and your and your strengths are. Um, but we've seen other teams that have had knowledge of who they're going to play and don't really act on it. Maybe the Jets weren't willing to take that chance. So it worked tonight. The Jets weren't the better team. It didn't seem like at least. But they managed to reduce the impact of McDavid and Dreisaitl through committed team defense, a lot of discipline, a little bit of fortune. That's how you pull upsets in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that's how the Winnipeg Jets got game one. On the other side of things, I'd like to see Dave Tippett take the opportunities to stack the deck a little bit more. I mean, I don't know if it's a direct correlation, but the amount of time McDavid and Dreisaitl get to see together probably, you know, it certainly influences the success that the the uh, Oilers are going to have. And usually they see the, you know, sometimes they're on the same line, but even if they're not playing together on the same line, they see a lot of time together through the power play. And the Oilers just didn't produce any power plays. So it seemed like they were waiting for those tries. They were waiting for the opportunity to throw these guys together. They did throw them out at the end of uh, a couple end of period shifts to try and get things going or, or try and influence the game that way late in the period and try and get something going. But it seems like they waited too long to try and get those guys together. It is an automatic, fully offensive zone shift where you're putting pressure on the opposition throughout if McDavid and Dreisaitl win a faceoff in the offensive zone to start. So I think a few more opportunities with them together would have helped the Oilers out tremendously. They have the ability, they have the power to create a power play. Certainly when they have last change. So I think they wish they, they did that a little bit more. Also manifesting itself in this series is a clear goaltending divide. I mean, Mike Smith was fine, but he gave up a terrible rebound that got the Jets back in the game. Uh, a game that could have slipped away pretty quickly after the Edmonton Oilers opened the scoring. I mean, those are the real, those are the, the moments where a game can go one way or another really hard in one direction. And the fact that the Oilers tied, it, tied things up almost immediately, I think that prevented the Oilers from building on that first goal that they got. And that was really the only breakthrough they had in the entire game. So it stymied the momentum when Mike Smith gave up that rebound. But as expected, Connor Hellebuck was fantastic. He's going to be fantastic even when it's not his birthday. He's going to be fantastic in the series. And the Oilers have to do a better job getting quality looks on him if they're going to beat him because he's going to outplay Mike Smith if given the chance to. I think Connor McDavid only had about one shot in the entire game. Dreisaitl didn't have many good looks either. So, you know, they need to do more than that if they're going to make things difficult enough on Connor Hellebuck, who's obviously a Vesna caliber goaltender. As two offensive dynamos were shut down, though, perhaps a few others emerged. Tucker Pullman opened the scoring for Winnipeg. Looked like Logan Stanley got the second goal, um, but it was actually tipped by Dominic Toninato, who is not a big-time offensive guy in himself. So uh, it was interesting to see where the uh, offense came from from the um, Winnipeg Jets, but uh, I guess it's more interesting where it didn't come from if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Um, okay, let's go to Boston and Washington. And I think the only justifiable outcome in this series is a Game 7. And a Game 7, that goes to overtime. These two teams could not be more evenly matched. We've seen three overtime periods already, two of which went Boston's way, the other going Washington's way. I mean, the margins are so slim here. If you had to choose which team maybe has been better, I think you would probably go Washington. And I feel like I'm a little less comfortable saying that now. But at least in these two games in these last two games, rather, Washington has 
for long stretches looked in complete control, where Boston looks like it doesn't have it. But in both instances, that control, Washington managed to light fire to and give Boston that opportunity to get back in. The Boston Bruins had zero five-on-five shots in the third period while trailing, but they got their opportunity when Nick Dowd raked the face of Charlie McAvoy and Brad Brad Marchand scored on the power play to send it to overtime. The big storyline coming in was the third netminder that was appearing in the series for Washington turned out to not be the charm for the Capitals, at least not to the extent they were looking for. You know, the main goal, obviously, is to win the game. However, Samsonov, Ilya Samsonov, rather, is probably clearly the netminder Washington should want in net. I think he played extremely well. Uh, He certainly gives off more confidence than a Craig Anderson or a Vitek Vanacek would. That necessarily hasn't been the case the entire year, but he definitely looked like the most equipped netminder uh, in the series or the one that that, that Washington has at its disposal. Um, But he did make a serious mistake. Sorry, I just got to plug in here. A serious mistake um, on the overtime winner, leaving a puck, having a miscommunication with Justin Schultz, and Craig Smith picked it up and beat him to the far post uh, to wrap in the overtime winner. He proceeded to go with the Clark Kent celebration, which I hope he will never live down in the Boston Bruins room, but I don't think that will bother him if he's called Superman the rest of the way. I guess the drama that's come out of this game is Alex Ovechkin yelling at it seemed like Ilya Samsonov. Probably not the best look, regardless of who he was yelling at, but Samsonov certainly didn't deserve the heat that he was getting, at least it seemed from Ovechkin, or the embarrassment in that moment. He did his job, and uh, you know there was a miscommunication, something it all went wrong, but we were in the fifth period of the game, and Samsonov was one of the differences for Washington up until that point. Ilya, or... Evgeny Kuznetsov, rather, uh, he was also returning from the COVID list with Samsonov. Wasn't much of a factor, certainly not to the extent of Garnet Hathaway and Nick Dowd, who have combined for 50% of the capital scoring to this point. I figured those two peaked as the participants in that drop-of-the-puck line brawl versus the New York Rangers, but they have been very, very good in this series. Obviously, they've done their job offensively and more, but they've been like a factor every time they're on the ice, and... Garnet Hathaway himself has been a thorn in Brad Marchand's side. And if you, if you can fight fire with fire or go rat for rat with Garnet Hathaway and Brad Marchand, I think it should help Washington, even if it wasn't necessarily the case in this game. Carolina, as I mentioned, winning 3-0 in, in, uh, at home against Nashville. This one lost in the shuffle for me a little bit. I only have so many televisions. The numbers certainly support a Carolina win, but perhaps not a dominant win. Maybe not like game one. It was one nothing until late when Sebastian Ajo scored his second into an empty net. And the third game, the third goal came when the game was already over after that second went in, obviously, but after the second went into an empty net. Um, but it seems UC Saros kept the Predators in it, but it also seemed like Alex Nedeljkovic did the same for Carolina. Seems he shook off whatever nerves he might have been feeling in the first game, recording a shutout in his second career postseason start. So that's kind of the story there. It looks like the the Hurricanes are going to move on pretty quickly beyond Nashville. I hope I can dive into the that uh, a game a little bit better than I have so far in this podcast. But again, all these are overlapping, and I feel like Carolina's what's going on in Carolina. Not that it's less important. It just seems like it's more academic compared to the other series for sure but I think it'll bounce away in which we can dive in a little deeper on that series at some point 
Regrettably, the St. Louis Blues have scored a second goal, so this could be torched. But I will say that if this if this scoreline holds, which I expect it to, it's right now 3-2 Colorado over St. Louis. Colorado has started these playoffs so hot. 69 shots in its first four periods. They got out to, you know, such they got out to obviously an easy win in game 1, got out to a serious lead in this game too. So their start couldn't be better really if they you know cough up this game then we're going to be singing a completely different tune after after this podcast or when I re-record this podcast but it doesn't look like St. Louis is on the same level yes they're mounting a little bit of a comeback here but the fastball that Colorado can throw at St. Louis they just haven't been able to manage just yet again it's getting more interesting than maybe it should be but Colorado is sort of in that same vein right now as Carolina where they're just doing their job as the number one seed. Before we wrap, we did a three stars, which is, is it's old Yahoo to do the three stars. We do tire pumps here at the Yahoo sports hockey podcast. So I'm going to do a tire pump instead of three stars for the rest of these um, podcasts. And I think it's got to go to Alex Nedeljkovich. I mean, only a second career postseason start 32 saves for the shutout. That's impressive. And he's got to be the guy. It seems, I mean, we've talked about the fact that Carolina has had two main issues, scoring as much as they should based on the shot and shot quality that they produce and getting the saves they need to win hockey games at the highest level. I think Alex Nedeljkovic still has a lot to prove here in this postseason, and I still think we might see Peter Mrazek at some point. But right now he's seizing this opportunity, and that is huge for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, We will leave it there. We have a big one. On Thursday night, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens are the last out of the blocks, but they will be coming in hot. We're going to have Julian McKenzie on to talk about that. So it'll be back to the two person show for Toronto and Montreal. Uh, And I don't want to say it's the main event, but it's certainly one that is peak that will peak the interest of this podcast and its listeners, I assume. So, you know, we'll leave it at that. Another strong night. Maybe not the same as the, you know, it's not, it's cooled down a little bit, but the playoffs have gotten off to a great start. And I think we kept that momentum, even if the McDavid show let down the North Division fans a little bit. Still, that might set up for just a better series because I think there was some belief that the Oilers might cruise here, but these are the Oilers and they have to get through that, that postseason adversity still. So, Maybe that'll be a longer series that maybe that portends great things as the North Division gets underway here in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. But that's it for me. We'll leave it there. Toronto and Montreal tomorrow. And then we're full-fledged into all eight series in the first round of the playoffs. I can't wait. We'll talk to you then. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.